Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. Let us help you escape your mind. Folks, welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. We have episode number, let's see here, 287. Wow. We're getting up there. We're going to have to do something for 300, something special. I don't know. We're going to have to think of something for that. Uh, We do have a special show tonight. Uh, I am joined by guest, author, and psychonaut Adam Butler, who wrote the book Butler's DMT Field Guide. Uh, which is available on Amazon and other outlets. You can check the link down below if you want to check that book out. Highly recommend it. Read it. Just finished it. Uh, Thoroughly enjoyed it, and we will get into that here in a few minutes. Um, Before we get started, uh, if you want to support Mindscape, the easiest way to do it is to click the link tree link down below. Um, We've got a merch store with a lot of, you know, cool merch, whether it's sweatshirts, mugs, you know, art, things like that. Um, yeah. And if you are listening on an audio platform, please check out our YouTube channel. We do all of our shows live on YouTube, uh, and then they get uploaded to all the audio platforms after, uh, we do have video episodes on Spotify too. Uh, yeah. If you want to leave us a nice, uh, review on, uh, Apple or Spotify, we'd really appreciate it. And, um, please check out our documentary, as within so without from ufos to dmt it is available on our youtube channel um and there is a director's cut which is a little bit longer that is available on our patreon page as well um for 777 uh which also gain uh you gain access to all of our exclusive content so uh one more thing i'm going to give a shout out to all my top um glass artist people out there my heady artists uh Check out Glass by Aaron Carty, C-A-R-T-E-E, on uh, Etsy. Please check out uh, Sales Jody, S-A-Y-L-E-S-J-O-D-I, uh, Gross Glass, G-R-O-S-S, Glass, Jappy Glass, J-A-P-P-E, Glass, Oakwood Hotworks, um, my boy, Ambient underscore Glass on Insta, uh, check out. Okay. So I'll try and, uh, I don't know if I have a picture. Maybe I'll pull up a picture next time, but this sick, sick, uh, metal artist, um, that goes by, uh, Marley machine works on Instagram made me <laughs> these titanium dabbers that are hockey sticks and they're phenomenal. Uh, they're red winged 
themed. I'm a huge Detroit Red Wings fan. They're Red Wing themed titanium dabber. So dude's killing it. Check out Marley Machine Works. Thank you so much. Um, and I just received a sick glass marble from my boy Andrew Tischler at Andrew Tischler Glass on Instagram. Check him out. He's doing some really, really heady fractal artwork here on these marbles. Um, and then if you're into the topic we're talking about tonight and you're looking for that spirit uh, apparatus, check out the dude, uh, the dream lamp is all one word, the dream lamp for your molecule uh, necessities. So, all right, without further ado, welcome on the show, Adam, how are you doing? I'm very good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, let's throw the generic one out there first. Why don't you give us a little bit of your background and like kind of how you got into this? Obviously, we'll get into your book, which does describe a little bit of that as well. But um, just give us a brief overview of your relationship with maybe psychedelics before the events that occur in your book. And then, you know, we'll kind of jump into the book. That's probably the best way to describe it is my life kind of before and after DMT. Uh, two completely different stories, really at that. 40 years old, I guess I kind of had the proverbial midlife crisis. And it was a series of horrible relationship mess ups, uh, me realizing I was an alcoholic and, and realizing I needed to kick alcohol. Um, I went through several career changes. And, and, and I preface that with, I really lived with a silver spoon growing up, I, I had every advantage, I had great parents, great teachers, great mentors. Um, I, had, I had every advantage in the world. So not to say that that I didn't really have some real life experiences, but I never had major, major trauma in, until I was around 40 years old. And when all of that happened, uh, initially I turned to mushrooms. So, and, and I can, I mean, I guess I can get into to the details of, of what all that happened, but I, I don't necessarily think the details matter. And, and that's something that we'll get to when we talk about how DMT can potentially help people is that it, it really is super subjective and it'll help everybody kind of find out exactly what what their issue is and then i'm sure by the time we get up to my age um everybody's had a, a list of things that that have you know caused some scars on them but initially i started with with mushrooms um you know i had done some stuff in, in high school and college I, I did lsd maybe four or five times i did shrooms a couple times but then had like a 20-year hiatus until until recently like I said around 40. um and, and i had you know, some three, four, five gram sessions. Then I went a little bit deeper. I did six, seven, you know, maybe even eight gram sessions. And I started becoming really comfortable in that psychedelic space. And and we were kind of touching on this before the show started um, about a lot of people's story with DMT is that it kind of finds them and, and it calls them. And, and you kind of know when it's not time to do it. And then you kind of know when it's time to do it. So I had a friend that that knew kind of the, the struggles that I was going through, knew that I was trying to, to kind of address it with psychedelics and offered me DMT. And I didn't touch it for probably four or five months just because I knew not that I was prepping myself, but I, but I felt as though from what I had, so let, let me also stop that's in that time frame. That's when I did as much research as I could, you know, so you, you do all the, the Joe Rogan podcast and you, you read the Strassman books and, and you, you get into kind of the, the, the basics of, of what's out there. And I realized that this probably could help change my life. So by the time I actually, was ready for that day to do it. Um, I had done quite a bit of prep work and, and I felt as though that I was mentally ready. And I was at the point in my life that um, I had no other alternative. 
uh, I, I was really, I, I was suicidal. Uh, you know, it had really gotten to, to that point. So yeah, I, I mean, ultimately that, that's, that's how I got into psychedelics. And, and then the, the differentiating factor with DMT was the, the complete, complete restructuring of my physiology, the complete breakdown of how I used to live and, and the increased empathy, I guess, for, for humankind. And then really that that's kind of how the book came out was I think the mental health aspect of it is huge. And, and that's what I kind of wanted to share my story was if, if I can share my rawness and in, in, in the book really explicitly go over just how fucked up I was and, and how bad it really got. And, and there are a lot of people out there in these really dark places and they've tried everything and, and it's not alcohol and it's not prescription drugs that are going to help them out of it. And, and I think psychedelics offer another path and, you know, obviously I'm not the only one that thinks that hence, hence all the, the kind of, uh, I mean, they've helped me tremendously. So like I, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. And I appreciate you speaking out and telling your story too, because I know it sounds cliche, but the more people that share their experiences and share their stories takes more of the mm-hmm. stigma and less of the, um, you know, like negative feelings towards it, I guess the idea of that. Um, so I think that that's huge and it's important and we're starting to see that kind of, you know, lift it's, it's a combination of that and also the conventional stuff just not working and we're having a major yeah. crisis out there. So I think it's a combination of those two things, but I think, like I said, I appreciate you sharing your story and everything. The crazy thing that struck me was here and let me, uh, I made a couple notes, um, when I was reading your book, but there was, I think you were talking about the first time you, the first time you did it with your buddy, you said you did it, what, like 40 or 50 hits mm. that day, correct? Is that the, am I remembering that correct? Yeah. Um, and, and I kind of, I described that in the book because I know some people would be try to say bullshit, right? You know, you hear that kind of the Terrence McKenna line, right? So you, you take two hits, then you have to take your third and, and maybe even your fourth if you can. Um, and, and, and I agree with that. And, and I had those types of, of sessions but I didn't get the answer that, that I was really looking for. So I guess really to set, to set that up. So once again, I had access to, to DMT. I had access to a safe place to do it. Um, I had access to somebody that would be there with me to protect me really to, to, you know, shroud me in, in love and, and allow me to, to that space. So the, the first hit that I took, it instantly blew your mind. And, and the first thing that I, that I noticed was just a, a sense of familiarity, familiarity, excuse me that the taste, the smell, as much as it blew all your sensations away, it really was something that you had experienced before. And, and I instantly felt, okay, this is, this is extreme, but it's very comfortable. So that, you know, that first time I took three or four hits, saw the crazy lights and the patterns and, and you know, really that this mind blowing psychedelic experience, but I was there, like I said, in a really dark place. I wasn't there for the sights and the sounds. I wasn't there for some, for some show. Um, you know, I, I really was looking for, for the reset in my life. So, you know, all right, let it, and the good thing about DMT too, is that it only takes, you know, seven, eight minutes, and then you're, you're kind of back to being lucid. So all right, process that, but I didn't get the answers. So then I took another, you know, the second session was four, five, six hits, you know, a little bit deeper. Once again, a mind blowing experience, but, but I didn't get that. I didn't see entities. I didn't talk to spirits. I didn't get any information. You know, it really was just this intense psychedelic experience. So another fourth time, fifth time, sixth time. And each one of these sessions are, you know, 
three, four, five, six, seven hits as, as much as I could. could. And, and we were using a vape pen. So, you know, if you tried to do that with a bong or, or a bowl with a lighter, probably wouldn't be able to because you really... Was it a cartridge or was it like one of the combustible ones? So that first time, uh, I think that it was like a green ooze setup. So it kind of had like a bowl that you put it in and then like a, a glass kind of sheath around it. it, and, it and it worked It worked perfectly. Um, but all, all you had to do was hit a button and put it up to your, your mouth. Once again, if you had to logistically light a lighter and do all that, it, you probably couldn't take six, seven hits. Um, but that last, that seventh kind of round. So now it's an, an hour plus into it. And, and my mind was, you know, pretty well, not fried, but. I'd seen quite a bit in that that hour span, but like I said, I, I didn't get that epiphany moment. I didn't get that breakdown. I didn't get that. Oh, well, this is great. Now I can walk out of here, and, and my life has changed. Um, but that's why that last session was completely different. So I, I took seven, eight. I mean, massive hits as, as much as I could, and, and kind of it was. Listen, I, I've got to do this. What, what's the alternative? Literally, it was go out and kill yourself. So it's either do this as best you can, or go out and, and figure out a way to end it. And that's when, like, so all of the crazy sights and sounds, the humming, all of that intense, sensational, you know, aspects that typically have with a DMT session, it all stopped completely and everything became completely still, completely numb. And then that's when I received my kind of, I guess, that first breakthrough through session. And, and I had information conveyed to me that, I don't want to say answered all my questions, but but it, it, it gave me what I needed. And, and I... Literally, when I came out of it, I was just this crumpled mess on my friend's floor, crying, just huge tears of gratitude. And then I write that in the book about just not sadness, not I wasn't scared. I, I was so happy that I that I didn't have to go through that rabbit hole of asking those questions again. And re really to kind of, I guess, without all the details, it was the way my brain works is I have all these, you know, tangential thoughts and I'm trying to connect all the dots in my life. And, and I'm, I'm constantly spiraling on all these kind of connections to make. And it was like, all right, so, you know, kind of this laughing, like stupid human, right? You want to connect these dots, all right, here's your thousand dots connected. And, and then those got connected. And then here's a million more dots, all right? Well, then now those are all connected in, in a snap. Well, now here's a trillion dots. And, and it kept going to this like infinite number of dots where it was just like, listen, the, the plan isn't, or, or the idea isn't to connect all these dots and to try to have all the answers. It's, it's really to experience the dots and to, and to weave in between the dots and to pull the information from the dots. And, and it just completely changed my entire perspective of life, how I interact with people, how I absorb information, how I pr project my energy into the world. Um, because I, I didn't, I didn't need to keep, I, I basically was wasting so much valuable energy on burning out my brain and my body, trying to answer these questions that I didn't need to have answered. And, and so that was that when I came away from that, that was the like, Oh shit! This this is now now that didn't make make all my problems go away. I mean, I was still I still had all of the pile of crap that I needed to work myself out of, but now I didn't have to keep banging my head against the same wall. At least now I could start digging away at that pile and start working on it. Um, and then yeah, so that was like a year and a half ago. <laughs> um, I quit my job. I threatened to kill somebody. We were talking about this too about people being dishonest and deceitful. Uh, you know, I, I had I had lost everything. So I, I took a year off and, and luckily I was in a financial situation where, um, you know, I had some some saved up reserves and I took a year off and just traveled the country. So I went to, I think, like 38 states, two to 65 new cities. I went to all these national parks. 
Um, I lived in Northern California on the beach for like three weeks. Did you stop by here in Michigan? Um, uh, Lake Erie, but I don't think I went through Michigan. Oh, dude, um, you got to come to Michigan, bro. Well, so that I'd love to. So I, I have like those, you know, 10 states left that, uh, that I plan on going through. But, you know, I, I took that time to, to really just say, you know, I'm, I'm getting out of the rat race. It's not about money. It's not about houses. It's not about things. It's not about cars. Um, it's about yourself. So, you know, I went on the road with a lot of DMT, a lot of shrooms, and, and <laughs> went to some of the most beautiful places in the world and just contemplated life. Sounds like a sick, uh, sick music tour, except without the music. <laughs> but, you know, the, the message Make your own is, music. I've been reading books on this these types of topics for probably you know 25 years and and as a young guy in his 20s you know you read these books about these people in the 40s well they took a year off sabbatical and they traveled and and it's like yeah that must be nice and and i never thought that it would happen because of absolute destruction you you know like it, it sounds like it's this beautiful story but it's because every foundational thing in my life absolutely blew up i mean i I lost everything from from houses to relationships to money to integrity to, to you know um, but now I can say it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. Like, it, it, no, I mean, hey, man, that's the, it sounds like you know, it sounds like you're a you know, wise, seasoned pro. You said it's only been a year. I mean, you can put a lot of work in, you can do a lot of stuff in a year. Um, <clears throat> changes too. I mean, people say, oh, you need to, yeah, you can, I, I believe you can change. I've changed, I've changed through doing this podcast. The, you know, when you, when you're honest with yourself, like truly honest with yourself, um, you know, you can do some amazing things because you're just, you're aware of biases and um, the way you're talking and treating other people and you can just really tweak a lot of things. So I don't really subscribe to the, oh, people don't change. It's maybe dumb people don't change that don't give a shit. Yeah. Maybe that's the case. I don't know, but. Um, well, I think you, you hit on it when you're being honest with yourself. And yeah. that's, that's, I think the beauty of psychedelics, like, you know, I, I went to therapy before, but I just tried to, to mind fuck the therapist. It was just like, all right, I'm going to show him that I'm intellectually superior. I'm going to make him think I'm what like, and, and obviously that's not very self-serving. Uh, it was, but like, you can't fool yourself when you're doing these psychedelics. So the, and when you, you, it's, it's laughable when you try to like, you know, your, your ego tries to take over. And, and I, I guess that's the beauty of it too, is that there's no fooling yourself. Um, you know, it's like you're on truth serum with universal intelligence or source or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, but you're, you're tapped in. Yeah. Um, there's this one scene from our documentary, uh, where this guy, Jack, his name is Jack Napier. He's, he runs the trip whip channel on uh, YouTube. Um, and he does like a lot of trip report stuff, but, He's talking about one of his biggest like breakthroughs. The information he got was like, "This we're all in like this like play. We're all pretending. We're all like compromising what we truly think and believe to appease the people around us. We're not truly ourselves. Um, like we're always putting on these masks and always altering what we say and are gonna say and that kind of a thing. Do you ever?" You know, do you ever think about that in terms of have you ever had anything associated with that, like an experience or anything? Um, well, I used to, like I said, it completely changes how you, you interact with, with people in general. So, um, yeah, I guess when, when you, 
psychedelics allow you to truly love yourself and, and look at yourself in an honest way. And I think that allows you to project loving and looking at other people honestly. Um, I don't know if that kind of answers your question like that, but yeah, oh, it, yeah. It, 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 it forces, it, it forces you to know that you're part of this greater whole and, and the, the empathy that you have for other people really translates into everything that you do. Um, I, th I think that the simplest way for me to, to summarize it and, and you know, as much as I try to write eloquently and, and use all these, these big words to describe these events, really what happened was I found contentment um, and at, you know, 40 something years old to really not experience full contentment and what that means. Uh, it, it just, that allows you to live your life in, in a better way and, and then you know i think you, you pointed out on one of your other podcasts about how the cool thing now is is science is kind of backing up like what's happening in some of these psychedelic spaces so you know like the, the physiology of your body does change when you're meditating and you're content and you're happy you know and, and if you're walking around in these stress states where you're in this fight or flight mode and, and your body's constantly like humming at this this protective vibration as opposed to this calm loving vibration uh once you make that change in that shift, it affects everything, you know, like, like I said, not to say that all your problems go away, but how you approach those problems and how you approach other people and how you interact with other people just completely changes. Absolutely. That's like one of the biggest misconceptions too, is that just by taking these things, you become enlightened or a better person or somehow <laughs> elite or something like that. And you see that, you see that online. I remember not as much anymore, but like some of the Facebook forums a few years ago, it's just some of the worst shit talking like on the psychedelic forum. Like these are other people that are into these substances that are trying to like make themselves better supposedly. And then you have all these other like some of them say, will say that they're like tricksters or that's their thing or whatever. But it's just like, really? I don't know. I don't understand that. And I hate that shit too. Um but I don't know how you feel about that. But it just seems like I've I've encountered people like I really I don't I don't think is is you have to have I don't know how I want to say this. I think you have to have some sort of like moral scaffolding or some sort of base of who you are and an understanding of who you are and what you're trying to do with these things because if you're just an asshole and you start taking these things, it's just going to amplify that asshole in you kind of a thing, you know? So, um, I think that that's the biggest problem I see within the psychedelic community. No, I agree. And I've been asked that before too, you know, it is like DMT being used for nefarious reasons by the elite class to control, like, you know, it, like, could it? Yeah. Like you said, if, if you're some narcissistic controlling manipulative jerk, and then you take DMT, it's going to escalate all of those, those attributes. Um, hopefully maybe to a point though, like at, at some point, like I said, that, that smugness and that cockiness and that, that self-centeredness hopefully will get washed away, you know? And, and I, like, I made a comment about that in the book about how, like you wish some politicians, like if every politician did like a nice ayahuasca session and came out of it, like you, you just realize that yes, obviously there can be different opinions and there can be different solutions to problems, but it's not red team, blue team. It's not us against them. It's kind of like, what, what do you what are we doing fighting and wasting all this time and energy on that? And, and I think that sense of empathy really comes through. Um, like I said, your, your guest that Trent, I believe we, we mentioned him before about how it always comes, it comes back to, to love and connection. It seems, and it, it seems like that, that seems to be that, that common thread. So 
you'd like to think maybe at some point these the mean people would would use it and then <laughs> switch over uh but i mean there's always going to be assholes. i mean who knows what's going on it's the internet it could be trolls could just could be people not even doing it you know i don't really who knows what the hell is going on i mean in real life i haven't met that many assholes from like fish shows jam shows dead shows stuff like that i haven't really encountered too many i mean they exist for sure but you know even some of those people they've got other problems going on too so um so back to your book though so your book's called butler's dmt field guide and that i i think that's a good title because i do think it is a good field guide or a good starting point like i said i've never done this so uh in terms of dmt i've done all most of the other psychedelics and plenty plenty of psilocybin in my day but um so i read it as this is like a good um if you don't know anything about it or whatever this is what you want to look at um the one in fact chapter one the the first chapter is called who the fuck am i which i thought was pretty uh funny because it's a good again a great starting point for anybody who's about to take some sort of you know, spiritual quest or knowledge quest or something like that's the first thing you want to set, you know, you want to ask yourself is who am I, you know? And, or if you're in a, if you're in a suicidal depressed state, you know, I or that. Say like that too, but I mean, if, if you're looking up at the sky saying, who the fuck am I? Um, you know, typically you're, you're at, you're at a point where you're asking that question for a reason, you know, so it, it kind of was a, a twofold, you know, who, who am I as an author to, to, you know, who the hell am I to write a book about DMT? What gives me the authority? But it really was that existential question that we kind of all ask, which is, who the fuck am I? Um, and, and, and it's way more than just somebody that makes money and tries to get things. But yeah, and you, you mentioned that the title field guide and kind of the how it's a nice, easy introduction. And, and I wrote it as such. I didn't want to have some thick scientific book of four or five, six hundred pages. I didn't want to have to write references. I, I mean, I, you know, I've, I guess I'm. I'm comfortable doing that if I needed, but I, I wanted it to be something that you read on a weekend and, and kind of makes you ask other questions. So like there are incredibly talented and, and intelligent scientific minds that have spent 20, 30, 40 years working on DMT. Like they are the scientific authorities. I, I'm somebody that what I found, I think my, my biggest maybe value is, is that a, a lot of people are very uncomfortable talking about any mistakes that they made, talking about their rawness, talking about suicidal anxiety depression like these aren't things that typically people are comfortable talking about um and and i found that as soon as i open up my stories people just feel instantly okay to then talk about theirs and then that leads to the discussion about all right so what can we do to help like how, how do you address that that darkness in your life how do you remove that plaque that's been building up and I think that that's been the, the beauty of of my experience with this book so far is, is hearing the other stories of people and knowing that it works like just, just story after story after story of yes, this this can help. You know, I mean, you're another one. We just heard heard your story. You know, it's like all right, cool. Shrooms help save your life. That, that's that's something yeah, that I'm, needs to be. You know, I <laughs> well, try not to, save your life. But like, no, yeah, no, no. Uh, I try not to because I've said it so much. Like the story's been told so many times, and I always, I always dog on Joe Rogan for repeating the same talking points and things so i try not i try not to do that myself but yeah i mean anybody can go back and watch any of our episodes especially the trip report ones we talk about all that so um chapter two 
uh, DMT, the miracle molecule. And you, you talk about like Rick Strassman and kind of like the history. And uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about, I don't really know too much about this guy. I've heard other people mention him as this Joe Dispenza guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard people kind of attach him to some sort of woo hoaxy stuff. And I've heard other people say, no, 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 he's legit. Like what, what's your take on that? I think just the opposite of woo hoaxy shit. Um, so I think his, his, his main book is called becoming supernatural. So he's a, my understanding is, is that, you know, he, he's a medically trained doctor who, who basically is using like, a you know, electric and, and uh, magnetic scans to prove what's happening during these elated states. So, you know, what happens during meditation? What happens when you have a room full of people that are focusing their energy on, on one thing? Like, can you actually change the vibration in the room? And, and it's the answer is yes. And, and he's, you know, he's proving it. Um, but one of the things he was kind of big into, too, is, is studying like the, the chemicals, what happens when you're when you're in different brain states and, and what happens when, you know, his, his kind of whole thing is, is brain and heart coherence. So if, if, if your heart and your brain are working together, your, your body's producing the chemicals that it needs properly. And one of those chemicals is, is DMT, you know, so and, and you bring it up all the time about it, the endogenous qualities of DMT. And, and that's that's massive in so many different ways i think that's why it feels so familiar i think that's why you cannot metabolize it so quickly and, and so naturally um but that you know that's one of the main reasons why rick strassman was studying it but the fact that you can through breathing and meditation and quieting your mind get your body to 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 make these chemicals um it, it's it's awesome because yeah, it's it, it, I... so it takes the woo woo out of it yeah. it takes the, the the meditative monk that's up in the mountaintop being like oh yeah he's enlightened and he's he's floating <laughs> Yeah, because he's tripping on DMT right. that he that he made in his own body. And, and so there's I've this, experienced uh, it too. There's this guy, I forget it's like a clip on YouTube, but he was talking about how if you sit for two weeks in complete darkness, you will start to produce DMT and get into a super like you know, hallucinogenic state. So I don't know if you know, there's there's anything to that. Um, I think the guy's name was like Montauk or Montauk. I don't know. He, he was a Asian guy, I believe, but he was talking about like Eastern medicine, kind of like what you're talking about. Just these, these people that have been considered, you know, like, uh, again, just like Eastern medicine or maybe not as legit biology or whatever, but they're still out there, you know, helping people. And, you know, he was talking about all the different like things associated with that. And I, I, he did talk about that. So like, I don't, again, I don't know if that's true. I know people do these darkness retreats, but I don't know if that's what's going on or if it's something different. There's other myths and tales of ancient times of people retreating into a, a complete dark cave and coming out ascended masters and stuff like that. So I find that very interesting. Um, like you said, the kind of like the Wim Hof style breathing stuff and, and all that. Very cool. Yeah. Somebody put Montauk Chia. That's who it was. Thank you, MVP or MPV. Um, you are the MVP, though, MPV. Um, and, uh, yeah, so so those are definitely interesting. Like, how can we induce these states without having to either synthesize or, you know, ravage a toad or, uh, you know, whatever the case may be. So, well, oh, so I, I, I got another question. Sorry, go ahead, but. And then we'll hit the... Well, I was going to say, I, I can attest to, to the to the breathing and meditating. It, so I, I've, I've been big into meditating for 
for years and years prior to this. So I've, I've kind of been able to quiet my mind for a while, um, even though it was driving me crazy. But the, the first time that I kind of did the, the breathing exercises to, to say, all right, you know, let, let me try this. I was amazed at how, so I, I would say a hundred percent, you can produce your own DMT. I mean, I, I've tripped my balls off on, on just sitting there and, and make, you know, trying to make that, that a reality. And you taste it, you taste it in the back of like your nasal cavity and you can taste it in the back of your throat. Um, and, and you, you certainly feel, and, and, you know, I think there's other times when you feel it as well. Like I, I have a chapter talking about transcendental sex and, and how, you know, psychedelics can be used in, in the bedroom. And so that's something that I, I work in quite a bit. And, and there are times when there is no DMT in the room and there's no, we haven't done DMT for, for weeks even. And at that right moment, whether it be because of breathing or because of the right movement of fluids or, or whatever it may be, like you really can produce DMT in my opinion during, during intercourse as well. And, and like I said, maybe that's more with the, so the breathing and the air movement, but is it's this amazing how much the, like you the smell tasting. tasting. So um, some people, I've heard some people say that it smells like plastic. Some people say it tastes like plastic. Some people say it smells like flowers. Some people say it tastes like flowers. Um, uh, what What's going on there? What's your interpretation of, of it? Does, obviously you're yeah. saying that's got a very specific taste, you know? Yeah. Oh, it, it's, it's, and, and, you know, once you, once you sure it's probably it, like the drip everywhere, I'm sure it's probably like the drip with like Coke where it's like, Oh man, the drip, you it's, know? it's so, everywhere. Yeah. Well, I've never done that, but, um, <laughs> it's, it's very just natural, organic. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get the synthetic like plastic smell. Um, I, I think it's very natural. Um, like Wild said, Man Ninja just said it smells like mothballs. It's it's you do smell it everywhere, and and I I don't know if it's like a maybe like the, the methyl group or something like that, but I feel like I smell it where there's cleaning products. All the and do, time. So like, do you think though like a bathroom and you're like, oh shit, there's DMT. Do you think that though, because you've done it enough that you've maybe induced it almost like how somebody that uses cannabis regularly can't smell like i if somebody said that smells like unless it's like super strong because i use cannabis i have a tough time being like oh like you know on that level so do you think it's something similar to that or do you think it's completely different since it's produced in our bodies no you pick it up i mean i feel like you become hypersensitive to the smell and taste of it um like i said I, because now that like i i try to 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 produce it as much as I can. So, so if you know you have that supply in your own body, you know, how great to get a DMP bump when you're at the gym, how, how great when you're going for a hike, how great when you're meditating by the beach, you know, so it, it's kind of like anything, it's, it's, it's practice. So if you, you practice your body to get to that point, um, it's, it's super. And, and, you know, I, I fully believe you can get the, the same benefits of, of mental health help i guess that i got without doing psychedelics like you can get to that same state through meditation through prayer through quieting your mind through exercise you know it's just psychedelics allow a, a kind of quick jump to it but w once you're able to get to that that space of how to, to change your mind and thinking um it's pretty easy to get back to yeah i think that that's like <sighs> That's like the goal of a lot of people within the psychedelic community is like, how can I achieve that state without actually taking these substances? Or that's like the, 
and I don't know. I I'm not saying that I don't feel that way. I'm just saying that like I don't know if that's true for me. For in the past, because there's something to be said about like the ritual of it. Like not so much anymore because I'm older. I've got other responsibilities. But when I was younger and I knew I was gonna like eat a bunch of mushrooms later, I got like all excited. And there's like a ritual associated with it. And I've got my favorite pipe and how I'm gonna do it and everything's set up. And there's just like a whole procedure that I enjoyed that like leads up into the actual events. So it's it's not just I don't think it's just the actual compounds interacting. It's like the the lead up to it. It's like the whole it's it's everything. It's the lead up, it's the come down, it's it's all the components of it in my opinion. Well, it's the set and setting, right? So it, it's the environment and the intention. Um and I think that's that's huge. So if, if the intent is to go to a rave and a party and, and to, to jam out and that's not a bad thing, then then cool. Like, you know, it, it can it can make you have a great night. I think that's kind of the beauty of, of what's happening now, though, is a lot of people are using this with the right intention. So like every time that I've done DMT and I've done it hundreds of times, it's always with reverence. It's always with respect. Uh, I always kind of pray and meditate beforehand and, and kind of come up with what just what my, really what my intention is. So is it I'm going to give gratitude? Is Am I looking for some sort of answer? Um, I mean, it never becomes it's, it's never easy, but I think that's the beauty. If, if the intent is. All right, I need to I need to figure out what's going on in my life. Um, it's a, it's a it's a great way to to do it. You know, as opposed to just haphazardly, like you know, I go to drink beer every every right. Thursday, Friday, Saturday night because that's what everybody's doing. It's like yeah, that's... yeah, I'm I'm not a fan <laughs> of alcohol at all. Um, so have do you ever do these? Have you ever done these compounds though without? And I agree with you about having like the reverence and going in kind of with like some sort of intentions. I agree with that. But have you ever done it without that intention? And um, is there a reason why you think that you should do it with intention? Because um, I know some people are under the impression that if you do it without intention, that maybe things will go awry or astray or maybe, you know, bring out some more skeletons in the closet type of thing or whatever. I don't. I don't know about that. I'm so torn on the whole thing because I grew up doing all these things recreationally um, in my early or my late teens, early 20s. Um, and then I stopped doing them a little bit and then I got back into them. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what because I, I, I do think that they should be allowed. I think everything should be allowed to be whatever it wants. So if it's recreational, I, I do think that these things should be allowed to be done recreationally because I've had some pretty fun experiences i mean i don't know how you would even govern that because we can't have everybody out there just doing crazy shit either so i don't know it's it's kind of a difficult topic right yeah i think there has to be some levity to it i mean it can't be the shadow work deep crying session come out crumpled mess on the, the ground every time uh you know like i said i i went on the like a year on the road exploring so you know there are times i i take a couple of the dmt let it you know, kind of come down a little bit and then go try to find the best ice cream place, you know, so that, that was my intention. I mean, it maybe not be some deep Look, level intention. Looking but, for that schnozberry, huh? Yeah. You know, like, but, um, yeah, even like to smoke it, to go for a walk in the woods because you want to hear insects and bird songs in a different way, or you want to see the, the spectrum of green color in a different way. Uh, you know, th there's, there's a lot of different, 
ways of using it. And, and ultimately that's why, you know, Rick Strassman called it the spirit molecule because of just all of the, the kind of God and, and alien and, and other entity kind of stuff that came from his reports. I mentioned that I think it's a, a miracle molecule one because every time I did it like that kept coming out was miracle miracle because there's so many different uses for it um whether it be mental health whether it be expanding consciousness whether it be in the bedroom whether you know to create art to just push push us to the next level um there's so much that that I think this molecule can do and let me just expound on what I was saying I don't mean go smoke DMT at the bowling alley or anything like that. I'm primarily actually more talking about things that are, you know, maybe like a psilocybin or, you know, MDMA or something a little bit more social. I don't really consider if I were to do DMT, I definitely wouldn't do it. in you know, like you said, set setting, loving, super private place where you're safe and you don't have to worry about anything. I think that that's obviously key, but yeah, somebody just uh, commented DMTX. You know, I'm down. I've never done it, but if they're like, hey, we need somebody that's never done it, I'd do it. I've reached out to pretty much everybody that I think is involved in any part of those platforms and said I'll happily donate my brain and body. So whether it be Imperial College, yeah. whether it be, uh, you know, up in Canada. And <laughs> well, I know. I'd love to get into that. <laughs> I can, I mean, I know Daniel McQueen, who's been on the show and. Gallimore and all Strassman were all, you know, part of the, um, you know, what is it, you know, uh, consulting or whatever on it with the whole idea of the uh, intravenous drip or the, you know, the same way they administer uh, anesthesia. Um, so, well, yeah. I think that their approach too is now, you know, to take it to the next level. So, yes, that there's cool sights and sounds and, and, you know, great psychedelic experiences. Um, and in my case, it, it can help mental health and, and truly turn somebody suicidal to, to not be suicidal. I mean, that, that those, those are amazing things that this molecule can do, but it's like, so, so what next, you know, like, like Andrew Gallimore always, well, not always, but you know, he references as kind of like a technology. So like, and, and use it as such and, and, and let, let's see where this can go because whatever it's going to prove or, or disprove is going to be some major, major information. Like, so, so are there entities, are there gods and aliens that we're interacting with? Like once again, your, your documentary, which would, you know, you're trying to tie all these, these existential questions where it's like, well, it's, it's so weird once you're in that space and, and it, it, it seems to confirm like, yes, that there is certainly something greater than that. There's certainly something beyond what our normal senses pick up. Um, and, and that, I think that that needs to be explored. It, it and it, it seems like such a noble cause too. Like what, definitely to look within uh, as much as you know without. But that there's so much going on within, and it is some crazy, crazy stuff. And just what I've learned in a year and a half, and and just and, and I say the the few you know the, the hundred plus times that I've done it, and and I can't wait to keep doing it more because each level kind of builds and builds and builds, and and you know not that I. I don't know if it's the same as doing these DMTX things, like, to, you know, to stay in it for a half hour or an hour, but the, the amount of information that you can pull when you keep going in and out of these, these spaces is, is incredible. So I, I can only imagine with, you know, what, with what trained mind could, could go into these spaces. So somebody that, that studies ancient symbols and somebody that studies language, some, you know, uh, somebody that, that's 
you know, trained in mathematics that can look at geometry and understand what these things are saying. Like, you know, it's just, it'd be cool to have a bunch of different mindsets going to these spaces and try to come up, you know, and that's, that's what they're doing, right? I mean, they're trying to quote unquote map these spaces. Yeah, um, no, it's, it's, uh, it's really wild stuff. I know, uh, I think last time or maybe two times ago we had Gallimore on, <laughs> we were talking about, there's like an equivalent for that too with Solvia. It's like, uh, Solvinorum B, methoxy, methyl, something, and it's like an extended salvia trip. It's like, who the fuck would sign up for that? That's like <sighs> catapult. And, and I haven't done DMT, but I have done salvia, and it's a fucking blast into not great repeat world and like all, all sorts of weird shit. And um, I don't know if there's any, I don't want to say any because mm-hmm. I know that there's people that. There's a Hamilton's Pharmacopia episode um, where he goes down and he he tries drinking the leaves uh, of the salvia plant when he's in Mexico, and he doesn't have any experience at all. And then he like literally has nothing, like a whole ton of leaves too. And then he goes with the guy and they pick a bunch of leaves, and then they make quids the second time and they chew them and they masticate them. Um, and I talked with Galmore about that too. And he said that it's not that you're getting in Hamilton said it was one of his favorite trips, by the way, too. And it wasn't the fact that he was getting more solvenor and A or B through the mastication. It's that every time your um, receptors come in contact with it, it reignites the experience. So that's why quids are so uh, potent in that way. But yeah, I mean, I didn't, I should say I, I had two, like, fun experiences on it when I was younger, but I was, like, smoking, like, 32X or, like, whatever you could buy at the pipe store back then when it was still legal, um, and smoking it out of, like, a bong, and it was just, it was completely um, ridiculous stuff, um, and I don't <laughs> remember. it mildly. Yeah, I don't recommend it, and that one you should be sitting down to, because I have friends, like, fall and trip over and all sorts of shit, so... Um, but yeah, so, I mean, with, with all of these things, I think that, um, you just have to be careful and, um, do your research. When we were younger, we would go to Irwid and just look at like all the trip reports, you know, all the plateaus in your book, you talk about kind of like what to expect from like certain levels of things, which I actually liked that too, because that's what we used to do. We'd go on Irwid and it would explain like, so if you take this dosage, this is what you'll feel. If you take this dosage, it'll take you to this next plateau where you'll feel this. And if you take enough, you'll get to this highest plateau, and this is where you'll be at kind of a thing. And um, I think having that knowledge going into it will make you less scared or nervous of what you know to expect kind of a thing. Yeah, and I would say DMT is probably one of those where, like, you know, one hit is so much different than two hits, is so much different than three hits, is so much different than four hits. I, I mean, you know, one, one hit of, of DMT, like, you know, can you can you microdose it? Kind of. I mean, if you take a small hit from a vape pen, you know, you're not going to have a, a full-blown thing. And, and like I said, that using that, like, in the bedroom, so that, that's something where, you know, passing it back and forth, smaller hits, kind of prolong it, that, that's cool. But there is such a huge jump between that, second and third hit and then that third and fourth hit and if you can push it to that fifth and, and sixth hit it, it really just keeps jumping it to the next and the next level um you know it, it's way more than you know you smoke one joint and then you smoke in two joints and then three, you, there's only so much high you can get where with dmt it's like it, it doesn't seem to stop like you can just keep getting 
not necessarily higher and higher, but deeper and deeper, I guess would be the, the better. So that's what I was going to ask you. So there, there doesn't seem from people I've talked to, it doesn't seem to be like some sort of a tolerance, right? No, but I had an experience which, and I'd like to kind of go over how my experiences have kind of changed and morphed because it kind of ties in into your Absolutely. kind of alien yeah, yeah. Uh, infatuation, so, so to speak, because it, it kind of maybe answers it. Um, so yeah, from what I've read, you know, there really isn't any tolerance buildup and, and every time you, you smoke it, you, you get this, this amazing whack. Well, maybe, I don't know, this was several months back. So I had already done it. I don't know, 50, 60 times, maybe. So I had already written the book, right? So now I'm, I'm this psychonaut that that's going into this space and I'm not necessarily demanding answers, but I feel like I'm, I've, I've pulled out all of this amazing information and I'm getting all of this, this enlightened material and, and it's wonderful. But I don't say I, I started getting cocky, but I, I was like, all right, I want the, the deep questions. I want to know literally, you know, how did the universe start? How did the, and kind of going in there, like demanding some sort of answer. So like I said, my normal routine was come up, you know, pray, meditate, come up with what I wanted to kind of get out of it. And one of the times that I like, the, 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 I guess it kind of like they cut me off. Like I had this great experience full of visuals and sounds, but I came out of it and I was like, all right, like I want more than visuals and sounds. Like it, that, that's kind of like almost being, like I said, cocky. Like that's all you got is visuals and sounds. So the next like three times that I smoked, I don't want to say I didn't have any feelings at all, but there was nothing. Like, it was almost like I wasn't allowed back. Like, like they were like, fuck you. Like, you, you, like, and ultimately once I realized that the sights and the sounds is the information, like you, you fool, like that, that is what you need to interpret. Like, you know, they're not going to speak to you in English or they, or, or you know, the information is not just going to be conveyed in, in a handwritten letter. Like it's going to be through these shapes. So it's all symbolism. Yeah. And I, I, I was, I, I was kind of like, hurt like like i was embarrassed like i got kicked off the team kind of like what were you like you're, you're like seriously not letting me in the space because like i said i did it multiple times and then i, I kind of said in my opinion like you know i'm sorry and, and kind of like all right, i appreciated that it is about the sights and the sounds and then ever since then it, it, I, I haven't had that i haven't had my privileges taken away again i guess is the best you know way it's weird it. dude now that you're saying that so <clears> i think <throat> it was probably like six years ago i had like a five or six gram psilocybin experience and this voice kept kept repeating um you know all these different things but then the one thing that it kept saying over and over and over again was that in the future sound and light will heal everyone that's what it just kept saying <laughs> and, it, and it's just like when i hear something and, and, and it's yeah. and it sounds like cliche yeah. um but you know, there's been like a lot of other stuff that I've read since then that, you know, we're, we're had, everything is frequency and vibration. So it makes sense. Like it doesn't, when you say that you could interpret it as woo or whatever, if you stop there, but if you really, you know, analyze it, you know, what if the technology, yeah. What if they come out with something we don't even know about that, it that does cure things or help things or fix things or whatever, you know what I'm saying? So, and they've got that Ajna light thing too, that supposedly, um, there's, I think it's called Lucia light and Ajna light. They are these lights that you can put in front of your face that will simulate the DMT experience. It like somehow ignites the, have you ever heard, do you know what I'm talking about? I've not heard of that. Oh no. dude, you got to look into that. 
Um, so there's these lights that you can, they have them at like float tank places too, I think, but they're these, it's called Lucia light, like L-U-C-I-A light and Ajna, A-G-A-N-A light. And it's supposed to simulate, um, um, supposed to simulate like a DM, like trigger the DMT visual experience. So people, there's, I know people that have done DMT many times that say that it's does does pretty incredible things so yeah there's many ways of getting your body to flush flush that like i said i'm not 100 you know is it is it dmt is it a combination of things is it is it blocking or is it filling you know, i'm not sure but oh i have no it, idea what's amazing. going on it's yeah it's true it's real i mean like i feel I, I can like almost instantly induce goosebumps i feel like i can i don't know like the the, the control that you can have over your body once you know, once, once you're aware of it and maybe bring that back to, to, you know, talk about Joe Dispenza, that, that reading his work really makes you realize that if you do have control over your body and in your mind, in your heart, that it, it does make all the other stresses go away. Um, yeah. What's the name well, of that book that you of mentioned? Uh, Becoming Supernatural. Okay. Yeah. I'll check that out. I'll add it to my thing. Yeah. He's because yeah. It, it's There's not. There's some really some wild people that I know that like swore by, but like some of those people are like full you know, I've gone full off the reservation. So I just want to ask you, cause you seem like you're pretty, pretty reasonably minded. Well, I use tips. So I don't need for me, once you've seen like what I've seen and experienced what I've experienced. No, like, I know, they, but I, I'm I, just I, saying, but, yeah, you, you like to hear from use, the science I, guys though. Sometimes too, you know, I use him to, to convince people like my parents or my sister or, or, you know, so it, it's not so much for the people that have been there and experienced, or I shouldn't say, I mean, it's helpful. But a lot of that's to the to the naysayers. That's like, oh, oh no, that's just all in your head. No, no, it's not. Like, you know, if, if your body's stressed and run down, and you're like I said, you're you're constantly in this this stress state, you're you're going to produce all sorts of bad effects. If if you're in a, a quality coherent state and, and you're you're loved and, and you're feeling loved, uh, your your body's just going to be able to respond way better to any type of of disease or anything bad happening. Um, and and once again, that's not just somebody saying like, oh yeah. Get close to God and you'll feel good. Your your body chemically changes when you're when you're in that state. No, no doubt. Yeah, I'll check. I'll have to check that out for sure. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I like I said, I really recommend your book. Uh, just from like a perspective, if you're not familiar with it, and again, you you go over like how how do you make it, or how you know like different things that like you wouldn't get i guess you can find that on the internet in places but they've heavily censor a lot of that stuff now too so i know plenty of people that have been kicked off different platforms for trying to give out recipes and things like that so well that that was kind of the field that aspect too where try to consolidate all the information so uh, you know like you said those recipes are out there so the recipes are in my book were, were taken right from the internet um you know that they're not like my own homemade type type things and, and that's kind of the beauty of, of DMT too, is it's so easy to extract and it's so inexpensive to extract. And it's, it's, it's simpler than brewing beer. It's simpler than making wine. It's simpler than growing weed. Um, and what's going to, I'm, you know, I'm not, this is really good to be careful. Am I condoning breaking the law? No. And you know, but it's one of like, you can buy it legally online. Um, you know, the, the mimosa root that you can get is used for, um, to dye clothing. It's just this really like cool kind of purpley brown color. 
So you, you can well, buy it that, le- legally and shipped into the yeah, U.S. Yeah, that's the fun. I don't I don't know if you've watched, ever seen Hamilton's Pharmacopia, but the one that he, there's I think he's done a couple on DMT, but the one he did on like NN DMT, he goes down to like Chiapas, Mexico, and they're all chopping the vine, yeah. and it's this oh, red vine, awesome. and it, they're yeah. using it for, and then um, he's like, and he can smell it in the air. He's like, I smell, it smells like DMT, you know, like mm. the air down here because they're burning this wood. Um and he asked the guys that are chopping, he's like, do you know what this is used for? Like, no, you know, they don't know what the hell, you know, they have no idea what they're chopping. Um, and then it gets sent to these places and then they sell it as like apothecary stuff or whatever. Yeah, but makes scopes and stuff. yeah, um, you know, but that, that's it, it the, in that episode, though, that guy, the one guy orders a bunch of uh, uh, a, or I don't know. Did he order Acacia or did he order? Um. Uh, the other one, Momo. So I don't, I don't know. But he, they, they, they arrested this dude, and it's in part of that same episode. They arrested this dude for ordering it from like some other country, and they charged him as if it was all pure DMT, but it was all mimosa hostel. It's like that's fucking crazy, like. That's like imagine getting in trouble and they're like, oh, that's DMT, and it, there's literally only two percent DMT in that entire amount or whatever, you know. Well, it's it's crazy when you get it too. It looks just like malt. So I mean, you can get it in powdered form, but you can get it shredded or you can get it in like large chunks. But I mean, it looks just like cedar mulch and smells like cedar mulch. I mean, it's a very normal looking, like <laughs> I don't know if you just threw it out in the garden and mix it with the regular mulch, you wouldn't know. But that also leads into like, how many other plants is it in, and, and how many you know could you just get similar type plants and, and try to extract it and see what you get out of it? Like I, uh, I'm in landscaping right now for kind of like a side gig, and it's like every time I'm spreading like hemlock mulch, I'm like, should I just try to do a batch with this? Like just run it through the process and see what happens. But dude, I'll tell you what is everywhere, and I'm sure you've come across it if you, you're in landscaping, is Datura, dude. That shit is everywhere. And actually, if you can, if you can get, if you get the juice from the root on your hand, like if you're weeding or whatever, I think you can get reactions from that too, dude. But Datura, I mean, Datura is a tropane. I'm not a fan of tropanes at all, but I mean, in the ancient civilization world, tropanes was heavily used by the Greeks, the Romans, a lot of people. But yeah, Datura is all over, bro. Is it in New England, do you know? Yeah, it's it's everywhere. It's it's literally from coast. It's literally from coast to coast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those ones where we've talked about this with Gallimore when he's been on, and he didn't like this, but I, I'll do it. I think that there is, he, you know, he was. I was trying because, like, supposedly, you know, like if you black out drinking or whatever, you have or you have hallucinations drinking there's probably stuff you're seeing that isn't there same thing with like tropanes like you will see things that are not there um and does that mean that it doesn't have the same value as like a trip to mean where you're still well a lot of it's based off of this reality except for maybe dmt where you kind of go into a different realm but like psilocybin you know even on high doses for the most part everything's there maybe it's just moving you know stuff like that so um i was hypothesizing that maybe someone like the gods or things that things that aren't weren't actually there maybe were 
a result of tropane use um, as opposed to like a tryptamine use, if that makes sense. Well, I guess it all, you know, the, the big question is, is, is it coming from within your brain or are you receiving information from without in some sort? And, and you know, I guess that's the, that's the big question. But, you yeah. know, I, I don't know if it really matters though. Like the, the experience right. is, still, right. is still real and is still as profound. And, um, but that, that's where I, I wanted to maybe like kind of get your take on your stories with, with like UFO and, and, and DMT. And, and once again, kind of tying it together, like you did with your documentary, um, like with my experiences. So when I first started doing it, it was me experiencing, you know, it, this, this world, this realm, and, and it was beautiful and, and, and wonderful. And, and, you know, it, I, I don't want to negate the incredible experiences that you have, but then it was me being explored. Like I, I would, instead of me, like, you know, she so take a couple hits and then this whole new world opens up to you. It almost seemed like afterwards, once I was getting comfortable in that space, that, I would pop into this and, and almost like I was on display. Like I was like a, 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 you know, an animal in a zoo or something like that. And it was just like, Oh, he's back. He's back. Like, look at this, this guy that keeps coming into this space is back. And then when I, and, and that, that kind of been what was the, the theme for a while where as soon as I went, I was being explored. And, and then I was shown to other entities. I was shown to younger entities, what I thought, but then I, then at one point, like, I really felt like I was examined or, or it was just, it was very invasive. It, it wasn't like, you know, painful. And, and I'm not saying it was like some alien a, a, a abduction type thing, but once I had been in that space, I was welcomed in that space. I was interacting with these, these beings multiple, multiple times, but then it started getting into like, I'm being probed, I'm being looked at, like they're doing something with me. And then that kind of morphed into fuck is this like my future self looking at me it, like it, it wasn't some alien other than it was just me but from i don't know like future another so it's, it's this let, weird whole let me, like let me ask you something so you're you're having this experience um does it feel like kind of like truman showy um, cause that is like a, a thing that other people have felt on other psychedelics as well. It's this idea that you're real and everything else around you is like a play or not real or something like that. Um, or was it more like you were a specimen or maybe you popped into some other reality and these things were like, what the fuck is this thing? Or what is this guy or something like that? I think it, it more than, than like real or unreal or, or reality or not. I think it's more expanded consciousness and senses and not so what we have you know our normal five senses in our normal state it is nothing compared to what you have in, in this dmt state so i think it's just you have access to more information so not only are your five senses completely expanded um like that, that guy john um robinson was saying on your podcast that i saw different colors and it, it sounds very basic but I, I said basically the same thing in my book that I, I you know i saw colors that i've never seen before. yeah i remember that. I, I, I remember i've that. heard things that that you you just you're able to to feel sound and, and hear colors and, and like taste it's it's amazing how your your normal senses get completely like did I said, you ever have upon, but then, the archetypal ringing that that the sound the archetypal like ringing it's like a humming that lead like before you go into full blast a lot of yeah, people yeah. describe that it's awesome so it, it is it is yeah 
it, it's like a vibrational electric, um, really high, high pitched hum, you know, and, and that, like, you can seriously hear like the synapses firing in your brain. You can feel the blood flowing. You, it, it's like I said, everything is, is completely expanded upon, but then I guess, but, but so when you're talking to God, when you're having these, uh, interactions with entities or whatever, it's in my opinion, you're using different sensors, senses, excuse me. You're not and, and what they are. I don't know. Like, well, what do you call, what, what's the name that you put to it? I, I have no idea, but, you're able to tap into just different vibrational energies, which carry different information. And, and so, you know, I guess that that's where it's like, is it alien? Yeah. It's certainly not from our normal human on earth experiences. So, you know, I think people can apply these, these experiences to, to aliens, to, to God, to being, because I guess it, it's all of the above. It, it's, it's you're experiencing something that you don't get to experience if you're not in that heightened state, you know, and, and that's where there's the, the whole like near death experience and, and the people that have like epileptic episodes and, and, you know, people on this, this spectrum of, of perception that are able to have access to these, these heightened states or altered states. Um, and I think that's, the, that's the cool thing about the, like the extended DMT is, is that these states are real. You know, it, it's not because I'm saying I'm experiencing all these other people like they're, they're, they're there. So what, like, what does that mean? Like hu humans really are just filtering out a large majority of the information. And yeah. I guess that's probably what yeah. DMT does is, is it really, it removes that filter. So now you're able to just receive all sorts of shit. I mean, sometimes <laughs> I wonder too, like, are we just projecting onto this blank canvas that we call the world? And maybe that whole maybe all the palaces and all the um you know the mansions and the worlds and whatever maybe all that's in our mind maybe our mind's more powerful maybe our mind is deeper in, in this endless infinite thing um and maybe we're just thinking too much about the external and i'm not taking that out of the question because i'm always open to anything but Again, from my own experiences, sometimes I think that there's nooks and crannies of our own minds that are so much deeper than the questions that face external reality that um, it could all be within us. And the answer, and excuse me, the question is, is why, right? So, and, and I, the interviews that I hear with, with Andrew Gallimore all the time, he's, he's kind of like saying, all right, so if it is just produced in, a, in our mind, right? If, if, if we're not receiving this information from outside, then, then why the hell is our mind able to produce these? Like th there's no evolutionary advantage to having the types of visions you have in DMT. Like it just, it doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't. And, and because of that, well, you know, once again, why? Like, what, what as humans, why do we have this ability to tap into this extra altered state of consciousness and, and very real um, and, and Oh, like I get nervous every time and, and people ask me that all the time. Like, is it easy to smoke DMT? Do you ever get used to it? Is it like, does it ever become less scary? No. Like every time it, it's completely, oh shit. And it's going to blow your mind because how do you, how do you process that, that information that you're getting? Like you're, like you're, you're adding on this like super suit that has all of these extra things that are picking up all this extra information. And, and you know, it, it's, it's hard to try to get what compartment in your brain you put that. Because what what sense even is it? It's not smell. It's not sight. It's not sound. It's like you're you're 
absorbing information from fractal geometry that's penetrating your body at a cellular level. Like, oh, what the hell does that even mean? <laughs> but it's real, and you come out with that information. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, no, it's um, yeah, man, there's so much weirdness. Looks like we got some comments. Um, thank you, Wildman Ninja MPV, and George says. Look into polysolipsism, not to be confused with solipsism as well as not doing it. Yeah, no, I know what, I mean, solipsism is just the idea that we all, we're the only thing that exists, or we're the only thing that can ver we can verify uh, is in existence. Um, so I guess poly would be everybody is living their own version of reality, um, if I were to interpret that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in, in terms of, in terms of these realms though like it it's weird because there's things i've experienced that you know how like in a dream you can say okay i've seen things it's like a conglomeration of things i've already seen or whatever it's like part of this house but over in this area or things like that i've had experiences in psychedelic realms where it's like i've never seen that before i don't yeah. even know what the fuck that is you know <laughs> yeah so it's like <laughs> Um, and, and, and I've also been told this is the realm of imagination and, you know, originality can be taken out of this realm if, you know, properly translated out of it or whatever, something along those lines. So, um, I don't know though. I, I just, I still wonder, like, we're still these like biological, uh, androids in a way where we all repeat and it's all like an echo chamber and stuff like that. So like, I'm always trying to figure out how can we truly be original if you're into art or you're an artist or just creative person in general, like how can we break that causal line where we're, instead of just being, you know, another bee in the hive, you know, we're actually doing something groundbreaking or new or something like that. So I don't know. That's what I've been focusing on lately with psychedelics and thinking and mind experiments and things like that. You know, you, you bring up about like being an artist and, you know, somebody that doesn't has hasn't done psychedelics, but has been in any type of flow state like that's similar. You know, so we talk about like breathing and meditating. Anybody that's that's been in, in an artistic flow, it, it, it's very similar. Like you're tapping into something else. Like something else is channeling information to you and you're kind of just responding to it. Um, now, once again, th does that artistic flow state mean your, your brain is, is opening up a DMT channel or, you know, I don't know. Is it just your mind and your body are in a coherent state like this is saying and you're just quiet and calm? I, I don't know. But, you know, it is it is a very distinct state and it feels freaking great, <laughs> you know, and it's like, why why not continue to get there? Absolutely. Um, so would you mind sharing, do you have any experiences with any of the entities that you might want to share, like something crazy or, I know you mentioned the one message that we talked about earlier, but is there anything, any crazy trip reports or anything you could think of that you might want to share? Um, I think, so yeah, I guess a, a couple cool things. Um, you, you, there is a sense of being like familiar and that you're welcome there. So I, I remember one time I had, I was tripping on shrooms and I, uh, I went to go smoke. And as soon as I kind of broke through, I could hear whatever these entities being like, he's back, he's back, he's on shrooms. And he brought shrooms, he brought shrooms. And it was just kind of like this funny experience where 
you know, I was kind of nervous about doing both shrooms and DMT and it instantly made it very comfortable because they were kind of like joking around. Um, and, and then, like I said, that one where somehow, some way I communicated to me that what was probing me was me, but in a different, a different reality, I, I guess. I mean, that was pretty, pretty mind blowing. I mean, how do you, how do you put that into perspective? Um, but I, you know, I, I really, I really just think that as we sit here in, in normal, non-altered state humans, uh, we are just, and because of survival. I mean, if we were able to process all of the, the vibrational information that was penetrating through us, I mean, we, you know, we wouldn't be able to do anything. So I think it, it's a survival state, and, and it is that reducing valve, um, you know, kind of theory that we only let in basically kind of what we need. But so, it, but if you can get beyond the needs of food, shelter, all of that, and, and get into that meditative, quiet space, whether it be through, like I said, prayer meditation or through DMT, your, your, your brain is going to expand and, and be able to perceive different things. Um, but I guess, but that, that, those things that you perceive, are, like, they're real, however you define real. I mean, they're, they're, they're real to the people that experience them. And like, what is, what does that mean? You know, like, a good analogy is if you do believe in aliens, if you do believe in ghosts, so like, how do you just live your everyday life knowing that there's, there's ghosts in the room with you or that there's aliens potentially up above you? I mean, if, if you do believe in that, and I believe in both aliens and ghosts, like it, it, it drastically changes how you walk through your everyday life. Yeah. But do you believe in alien ghosts? I do. <laughs> well, because it's, it's all semantics. I mean, it, it's all a matter of how you describe it. To, to me, it really is. It, it's something different than alien, than um, transcendental to, to our typical normal way of thinking. So, however, you know, however you describe that, it is. I don't know. I, I think you're almost kind of describing kind of the, the, the same thing. Is is some sort of intelligent being that knows how to communicate information that doesn't look like our particular, you know, biological body. Um, whether it's transparent like a ghost or it's a little gray alien, it's, you know, it's altered somewhat, but it's, I don't know, it could very well be all this, the same, the same stuff, which is once again, it's just, in my opinion, vibrational energy from a, from a expanded realm consciousness, you know, I don't know. I guess that that's where you, you start getting into physics and stuff. If you start talking about different dimensions, but it's just altered state, yeah. altered and elevated state of consciousness allows you to, to tap into something way greater than normal walking state. And DMT blasts you there instantly. And that, yeah. that's all like, oh shit. I mean, never prepare for it. I don't know. I, I think that with all this talk of all the stuff going on and aliens and UFOs, I mean, that's why we made that documentary. I think that the closest anybody could get to it is kind of what you're talking about because it's alien. It, it's the definition of like alien, the experience, the realms, the 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 entities, the whole thing. I mean, you know, people are looking for aliens. Well, why not start where we know people have experienced them that anybody can, you know, get into this thing. So. Well, and then take it, you know, to, to maybe everybody won't life. see that, you know, or maybe it's suggest suggestive and maybe it's something putting on a mask or something like that. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I just, I think that that's, I think that's where you start in my opinion is, is consciousness and altered consciousness and, and things of that nature. 
and if we all have similar experiences like that that's kind of the, the the cool thing is that it does seem to be a common thread um and it's more than just oh do you see gestures do you see this you know do you have the machine elves like yeah yeah there's some common you know buzzwords that that some people you know typically use but when you dig deeper like when you you know the, the real conversations about what you saw how it affected you uh, the similarities are, are really profound so you know maybe like once again the similarities between the ufo stories and the similarities between these experiences like, like something something is, is clearly you know happening and it's just it's tough to describe so when you try to describe something that's indescribable you know that that's when you try to turn to ghost aliens you know it, it well i mean yeah and in, in the same vein it like so the documentary you know in the same vein of like uh Let's see here. True hallucinations, which I definitely took inspiration from. Uh, Terrence McKenna, uh, you know, going into the Colombian jungle with his brother Dennis and um, experiment at La Chirera and trying to tap into the same frequency as the mushroom, you know, like all this crazy shit, um, you know, and then the whole UFO thing intertwined into that. Uh, it was definitely inspiration because I have already felt those things too through my own weird psychedelic UFO experiences. So the idea that when people have these UFO experiences, it almost seems like an altered state the way that they describe it. There's a loss of time. There's all this stuff happening. Um, when, when I hear people describe a UFO experience, it, it's a, it's a very it's almost exact a DMT experience. Like I mean, I, I could I could change a couple words and it would be my experience. So so I mean, my thought is, if we have DMT, we produce it in our bodies, it's part of nature. Maybe that's what this thing's using to communicate with us because it's like oh we're picking up the signature. I mean, it could be anything, carbons, you know, it could be anything. I guess so. It's, that's maybe that's not a great example, but just the idea that maybe that's the thing that animates us or is the key component of our consciousness. And that's what this thing's trying to tap into or something along those lines. Yeah. Well, I think that's why they started. I say that it's so weird to say it like that. That's why they started probing me because I think it, it was like, I started getting very used to having you know, whatever this chemical in me that allowed me to, to receive their information. And it was, you know, once again, it was kind of like, who, who the hell is this human that keeps coming into this space, like <laughs> demanding answers. But now I feel like I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm welcomed again. So it's, it's, it's always, it's always a, a hell of a, a run. No, dude. You're, yeah. And you're, you're, <laughs> you know, I don't, I know you said you were kind of hesitant about like engaging with people. I think you just jump right in, dude. You're, you know, you're a super chill dude. It seems like you really understand, you know, the spiritual slash ethical mm -hmm. slash philosophical, philosophical components of this thing, you know. I don't know. You're welcome on the show anytime. So, well, you know, to to maybe end this and 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 my book, which is not how I really thought I'd be ending it. Once again, talking to a grown man, let's talk about love and and you know how we can hug each other. Um, the last chapter of my book is called "Love Thy Neighbor," and, and it's just it, it seems like a very odd chapter for me to end my book with because I, I went into the to the desert to kill myself in essence because I hated humanity because I was just done with people and because I, I just. I was sick of people that were deceitful and dishonest. And like I said, I having complete change of view with of, of myself and finding my own self-love and my own self-worth, it opened me up to 
letting other people in. And, and I can honestly say that I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the love of other people. And, and I guess that that's really the message is to, to be there for one another, to, to truly love thy neighbor, because you don't know when you'll need that love. Like you don't know when you'll need a hug or lean a shoulder or a shoulder to lean on. And psychedelics, I think, allow that conversation to happen. Like if, if, if this book even, then that's ultimately the goal. It's, it's not necessarily to give somebody a DMT recipe or to, you know, have some fancy book about, about DMT. It, it really is realize that there's help. Like if you're in a dark place that there's, there's light, um, that it does come from within, you know, it's, it's not going to be some external source. And, uh, I don't know, you know, we're, we're all in this together, but that, that being said, uh, you, you gotta be open to love and, and to open that type of vibration. And for so long in my life, I was closed out and now never again. And once again, I want that contentment. It, it's talk about a drug like that to have, to be full of gratitude, to be full of contentment, to, to genuinely wake up and to be excited to live each day as opposed to be stressed, anxious, depressed. It's, that's, that's the real win. Um, you know, so. No, it sounds awesome, man. It's like I said, it seems like you really, you know, you've really gained what you should be out of these things. I mean, I don't want to say it's just knowledge because I don't think it's just knowledge. I don't want to say it's just, you know, moral insights. I think it's a combination of a little bit of everything, but it sounds like, you know, you said you said you're very new to all this or whatever. You have some mm-hmm. exposure to these things. I think you're way more wise with these things than a lot of the people I talk to. Um, like I said, that are just idiots online or whatever. So, uh, I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate the field guide. No doubt, I'm gonna take things. A couple things I picked up off that. So if I ever do come across that spirit molecule, I'll I'll have that knowledge in the pocket. Um, as well as the knowledge of a lot of people uh, that have been on the show and people in the comments section, even our listeners tonight, uh, MPV, Wildman Ninja, uh, George, they've been throwing some truth bombs in the comments as well. So shout out to them. And uh, yeah, man, you're welcome on the show anytime. We'll definitely have to have you back on and uh, get into some stuff. And you're welcome when you come to Michigan too. If when <laughs> if and when that ever happens, let me know, dude. We'll, we'll connect. Um, so I'm, I'm always looking to take a road trip so right on bro. Um, and, and i do I, I send you a pdf copy of my book uh honestly feel free to to share or spread that to anybody you know obviously i'd like to sell a couple books and make some bucks but that's really not well, what this is about. we're sending people um, no no no, no. We're, i'm not sharing anything for free people can i'm just saying if, if, if it resonates with the right people um i want the message to get out there no no i will if know, i feel like somebody's like in a bad place and just needs yeah totally but for everybody else that pays for books that's listening to this uh, the 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 book the links down below it's on amazon check it out it's a it's it really is it's not i think it was like 100 pages so it's not super long but he gets to the point he's not you know doing a bunch of world word salad either it's just very uh succinct and to the point so check it out and, uh, you know, like I said, he, he shared a lot of his story tonight, but there's so much more to it. And, um, again, dude, I really appreciate you coming on, check out his book links down below Butler's DMT field guide. And, uh, I will play the trailer to our documentary as we get out of here. Um, let's see here. I will give a couple shout outs and plugs, um, Again, the best way to support Mindscape is just to click the link tree link down below. This is a passion project, but hopefully at some point in the future, it can be, you know, a full-time project. You know, I would love that. 
um, and we can always get more guests, more episodes, stuff like that kicking. So, um, yeah, click the link tree down, leave us, leave us a nice review. We've got Apple, Spotify, they've got reviews on there. You can leave us a nice review. If you're listening on one of those, please check us out on YouTube. We do all of our shows live on YouTube. Subscribe, like our like our uh, videos. And if you're watching on YouTube, please check us out on Spotify. We do have videos on there as well as Apple Podcasts. So check that out. And I'm just trying to think. Um, we have a merch store. We have a Patreon. We do. We do have a, a director's cut version of As Within, So Without from UFOs to DMT on our Patreon. You can check that out, uh, as well as all the other exclusive content. And I think that's about it. I'm going to give one more shout out to the sick, sick glass, heady glass artists out there. Um, glass by Aaron Carty. Aaron's amazing. I think, I don't know if I showed him. You can go to our uh, Instagram page and check them out but she made me a couple really heady dropper bottles with some uh dead bears and some other stuff um little mushrooms on them and stuff so go check out her glass by aaron carty um on uh, etsy sales jody s-a-y-l-e-s-j-o-d-i she's making heady marbles gross glass g-r-o-s-s glass uh jappy glass uh i'm a huge fan of his chillums uh j-a-p-p-e glass on etsy and my boy blake Maisie. we are brothers from different mothers we do have the same last name oakwood hotworks on etsy and let's see here a huge shout out to marley machine works this dude and i'll take a picture and show it next time but this dude made me uh, a few uh, Detroit Red Wings themed uh, titanium dabbers, unbelievable. Uh, Marley Machine Works. Um, Andrew Tischler Glass, shout out to Andrew. I just got my heady marble cap for my slurper rig from him. Uh, again, posting these pictures up on our Instagram if you want to check the stuff out. And a big shout out to this dude, the Dream Lamp, uh, all about that molecule, heady glass. So check that out, the Dream Lamp on Instagram. So again, just trying to highlight people I think that are doing cool art, cool work, original stuff. Um, people, maybe some of these people need a, a little bit of a break. So, you know, support your local artists and your, your heady artists and people that are really in the game, you know, so... But that's it. That's all I wanted to say. I'm going to play the trailer for our documentary. Thank you so much to Adam. You are welcome on the show anytime. Check out uh, Butler's DMT Field Guide. Link down below. We love everybody. Stay safe out there, and we will catch you next time. Peace. I don't have to believe something's here. There's no question about that. They are not just from this planet but based on the characteristics they're most often described having, that they're simply us from the future. It was um, the biggest aircraft I've ever seen in my entire life. It was semi-translucent, it seemed. And we see four orange orbs flying one after another, basically in formation. Um, I think in a way, you know, you could call a UFO a flying dream. Out of the cornfield, that seven foot tall, gray, menacing, communion looking alien or whatever you want to call it. Because it can be a multitude of things, of deities, of godlike creatures, of aliens. The reality that we experience on a day-to-day -day basis seems to be this very, very thin slice of something far larger. 
and far more complex. As within, so without. From UFOs to DMT, 